Welcome back to episode five of the Title Town podcast, where I will be recapping what happened during week one of the college football season and looking ahead to week one of the NFL season. As always, please go ahead and follow the podcast on the Apple Podcast app and follow me on Instagram at title.town.podcast. Starting off with college football, I didn't think it was the most entertaining week. Um, there weren't a lot of ranked matchups. Florida State and LSU play, but I don't see either of those teams being CFP contenders at the end of the season. But one matchup that really stood out to me was Colorado versus TCU. Deion Sanders and Colorado were able to pull out the 45-42 win in TCU. Uh, TCU were the reigning national runner-ups. Colorado was 1-11 last season, so obviously should be a blowout in TCU's favor. But Colorado came in with all their new transfers that uh, Dion brought over, over in the offseason, including his son, Shadur, who played quarterback, threw for 510 yards and four touchdowns. Travis Hunter, who played both ways, got an interception on the defensive side of the ball and 11 catches for, I think, 119 yards on the offensive side of the ball. So just, just incredible what they were able to do and definitely made a pretty boring week of college football more intriguing for me. And I'm really excited to see what they are able to do in the future. I don't think that we need to be completely overreacting and saying that they're contenders after this one week. But what Deion Sanders was able to do with a program that won one football game last year, uh, what he's able to do in this first week is, is just unbelievable. He brought in a completely different team, a completely different culture, and it really showed on the field. And I think anyone that was doubting whether his coaching or any of his players would be able to transfer from FCS football to uh, FBS football. Everyone, all the doubters have been silenced now. There's no questioning them in that regard at this point. Definitely not, not all of the questions have been answered yet regarding Colorado. They've only done it once. They've only played one game. But they have Nebraska, a Big Ten team, at home next week, which is another chance to prove how good they are. And I expect that they'll be able to do it or at least get close to repeating their performance from this week. So again, uh, Colorado was unbelievable. I watched the end of that game. It was, it was really great to watch. Any college football program in the offseason that did not heavily pursue Deion Sanders as their head coach, that needed a head coach, uh, should be ashamed of themselves because he's here to stay. I like what he's doing. He has some unorthodox methods, including not naming captains and naming leaders and dogs instead but I think that's really great for the sport and it's clearly working out so again if you did not hire Deion Sanders or try to hire Deion Sanders you're gonna look like a fool now and you're gonna look like a fool in in future weeks Uh, so really excited to see what Colorado does moving on to some other week one college football games Ohio State did not look very good against Indiana on Saturday and I think that offense could be a little bit concerning this year. Um, they only put up 23 points versus IU in the total game. And obviously, Indiana is a Big Ten opponent. It's a conference game. It's not an absolute cakewalk. And the game was away. But overall, Indiana and most Big Ten opponents are no- normally dominated by Ohio State's offense. Ohio State has had a really potent offense for as long as I can remember. They've always had a great receiver room, and they still have a great receiver room this year. They have Marvin Harrison Jr., they have Igbuka, they have a lot of other weapons, but it just didn't seem like Kyle McCord 
their quarterback was able to operate that offense efficiently on Saturday. They're still in kind of a quarterback race, I believe, with McCord and the backup, but I think McCord kind of unofficially won it this past week. But he just did not look very good against IU. He missed some throws. Um, the OSU offense only scored 10 points in the first half, and it probably should have been seven, despite some, or if it wasn't for some clock management issues from Indiana. So obviously, it's just not what you're used to seeing from Ohio State. The defense has never really been a strong point for the Buckeyes as compared to their offense, but it's going to have to be this year. I mean, Ohio State has had C.J. Stroud, Justin Fields, guys competing for the Heisman, and I just don't think that Kyle McCord is going to be able to do that. So if you're a Buckeye fan this year, I would really hope that your defense shows up game after game and that McCord does improve as the nerves calm down as he gets some games under him. In other games, Michigan kind of cruised early and against, I think it was East Carolina, so not very challenging for them. Alabama wasn't really challenged. Georgia wasn't really challenged. Obviously, I mentioned LSU and Florida State played, two teams that I'm not super high on. Florida State did blow LSU, ending their season in week one, essentially, for the second year in a row. Uh, but other than that, not a ton of big news on the college football front for week one. Now, I think it's time to move on to some of my NFL week one predictions. Just a really stacked slate of games that I'm really excited for. The NFL, in my opinion, is the most entertaining league in all of sports. And just really excited for the season to start. And it kicks off on Thursday with the Detroit Lions taking on the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, this is definitely going to be a very offensive matchup. And a lot of people have the Lions being able to take down the Chiefs here. But I think that's more of a trendy upset pick that people are falling into just because they love the Lions. They love their coach, Dan Campbell. They love the way they ended the season. They're sick of the Chiefs winning. Uh, and people want the Lions to be good for the first time in a while. And I'm not ruling that out from happening over this entire season. But I think for this specific game, uh, it's not really going to be a huge problem for the Chiefs for a couple reasons. I know that they do not have Chris Jones or will probably not have Chris Jones for this game. Their best defensive tackle, he wreaked havoc on the Bengals in the AFC Championship game last year. He's arguably a top 10 player overall in the National Football League, and he has not gotten a new contract. So he is holding out. He will hold out, I believe, for eight weeks unless he gets his new contract. That's what they're saying. And he will most likely not play in this Detroit-Kansas City game. However, I think Kansas City's defense is going to be fine in this particular game. I think they're going to be really amped up because of the ring ceremony that's happening from last year. Uh, everybody in the crowd's going to be hyped. Arrowhead's going to be loud. It's week one. And I think Kansas City's young defense uh, that has matured a little bit over this offseason. They had a lot of rookies last year. That will be year two guys this year. I think their defense is going to be able to step up and play to the level that they need to play against this Detroit Lions offense. And that level does not actually need to be that high because of the fact that Patrick Mahomes is going to absolutely torch the Lions defense in this one. Mahomes, in his five season openers in his career, is 5-0 and with 18 touchdowns. 
So he's throwing, I think that's 3.6 touchdowns per game, and he's won every season opener. I think they dropped like 44 points on the Cardinals last week in week one. And I just don't see Mahomes losing to this one, even to a Detroit team that I like. I just don't love as much as other people do. Um, and I think they're a little bit overhyped. But no disrespect to Detroit. That's not what I'm trying to do here. I just think the Chiefs are a little too good in this situation uh, to lose this game. I think it'll be kind of high scoring. I think the Chiefs are going to put up something like 38 points on Detroit. I could see Detroit being in the mid to high 20s, maybe maybe 38 to 27, something like that. I think it's going to be entertaining, and I'm excited for it, but give me Kansas City. Uh, but one more thing, I would watch out for uh, Jameer Gibbs, rookie running back on the Lions. I think he's going to get a lot of touches early, and I think he could be really explosive for them. And Amonra St. Brown going into, I think it might be his fourth or fifth season in the NFL, I see him doing a lot of good things this season, and I think he's going to have a lot of receptions, a lot of yards this year. Could even be the overall wide receiver one in the NFL. That wouldn't surprise me that much. So I'd watch out for him. Uh, I think he's going to have a good game and a great season, but I still think the Chiefs are going to take this one. Moving on to Sunday, where the Cincinnati Bengals take on the Cleveland Browns at Progressive Field in Cleveland. By the way, I'm only going to be covering the matchups that I find particularly notable because uh, I don't have time to cover all 16 of them. But certainly going to talk about this Bengals-Browns one. And I'm going to start off with the good news that Joe Burrow is practicing again. He started practicing this past week. I don't know ex the extent to which uh, I'm confident that he will be ready for week one. I'm cautiously optimistic. But I'm really hoping he is because I think if he plays in this game, the Bengals will win it. And I don't really have that much doubt in my mind about that. Um, and I think that has a lot to do with the Bengals, but I also think it has a lot to do with the fact that I think the Cleveland Browns are one of the most overrated teams in the NFL going into this season. What I think is a pretty important stat in his six games last season that he played after his 11-game suspension. Uh, Deshaun Watson threw seven touchdowns and five interceptions. Seven to five. Not a great ratio there. Uh, through six games, through seven touchdowns, five interceptions. Through six games, he also had 183, I believe, passing yards per game. So those stats are that of a quarterback that should not be starting in the NFL. Now, do I think he'll play that bad this season? No, I do not. But I am concerned uh, by the fact that he was so bad last year. And now people like to make a lot of excuses for him, as, uh, as they do. One reason or possible explanation for this poor play is that they built the offense around Jacoby Brissett last year and not Deshaun Watson. Now... I guess that means that the playbook was somewhat for Jacoby Brissett, but I think it's nonsense to say that they did not try to adapt their offense at all in order to fit what Deshaun Watson was good at as opposed to what Jacoby Brissett was good at. Now, they added Elijah Moore in the offseason, so maybe he can provide them with 30 receiving yards per game. And they added Zadarius Smith, who is probably definitely their best acquisition of the offseason. 
But still, I just don't think this team is as good as people think it's going to be. Uh, they had those acquisitions, but the fact that Deshaun Watson has one offseason where he's not in court or getting arrested and actually behaves himself, and the media thinks that the Browns are contenders to win the AFC North or even the AFC is just ridiculous. I have not seen that from them, uh, and I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're probably a seven-win team. The Bengals obviously had trouble against the Browns in the early stages of Joe Burrow's career. Um, I think he started out 0-4 in his first four games against them. But actually, he picked up his first win last year against the Browns at home. I think it was in December, like a 23-10 victory. And ironically, Joe Burrow's one win against the Browns is the one that Deshaun Watson played in. So not too worried about that at this point. I think Zadaria Smith and Miles Garrett are great pass rushers. I also think the Bengals' O-line is significantly improved. And for those reasons, I think the Bengals are fine. I think they're going to win as long as Joe Burrow is able to play in this week one game. If not, uh, then I'm not going to... I'm not confident in what's going to happen in this game. But if he does, I think the Bengals win about 27 to 20, something like that. Next, I have what is kind of an upset prediction. Uh, I think the Steelers are going to beat the 49ers in week one. Um, This game is in Pittsburgh. And there are a couple reasons that have to do with both teams that push me towards picking the Steelers in this one. So... First of all, the 49ers usually start the season slow. The past couple of years they have. um, Last year, when they went 13-4, I believe they started at 3-4, maybe 4-4. So definitely not the fast-starting team. And they they definitely aren't able to start the season the way they're often able to finish the season. They won about 10 in a row last year towards the end of the season. But that's not who they were in September. So this is definitely a very losable game for them. Um, I understand that that was Jimmy Garoppolo at the beginning of last year, and now they have Brock Purdy under center. But I just don't think that this Niners team is going to get off to the fast start that many people expect they do, partially because of their history. They have the same coach. They have a lot of the same players. And Brock Purdy is, in my opinion, more of just a product of that system and a product of that coach. So I think he's going to fall into whatever beginning of the season kind of slump that that they do. And so I don't think San Francisco is going to be looking that hot in this game. Uh, And the Steelers are the complete opposite. Um, The past two years, they have pulled off unbelievable week one wins, improbable week one wins against teams that their roster is not as good as. And I actually think that the Steelers roster is better than it has been in those past two years. But Looking back at it, week one of the 2021 season, the Steelers played, I think it might have been in Buffalo, um, and they took down Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. It was a low-scoring game. I think they forced some turnovers in that one, and they beat them in week one. That, that Bills team was superior to the Steelers in almost every aspect of, of their rosters, but the Steelers were able to pull it out, partially because it just seems like Mike Tomlin's able to pull out a miracle week one win every year. And then obviously last year, week one of the 2022 season, they were able to win in Cincinnati. The reigning Super Bowl runner-ups, the Bengals, did not look great in that game, but 
the Steelers were able to force, I think it was five turnovers in that one, uh, and ended up winning in overtime against a Bengals team that, again, had a much better roster than them. But Mike Tomlin was able to win that game with Mitch Trubisky at quarterback, who is not a starter anymore. So definitely, he's definitely able to win those big week one games. I don't know how, but it seems like he's able to do it every year. So these Steelers and Niners teams seem to be complete opposites when it comes to the beginning of the season. And both of those signs point to an outcome that nobody is predicting. I think the Steelers are going to win this game. I think the Steelers look really good in the preseason as well. Obviously, they played their starters in a lot of the preseason games, but their offense looked very dynamic. Kenny Pickett looked great. George Pickens is poised to break out. I think the Steelers team is not going to finish last in the AFC North. I think they're going to finish second and make the playoffs. They scare me a little bit as a Bengals fan, but with regards to this week one game, I think they're absolutely going to win it against San Francisco. San Francisco is about a three-point favorite, but I have the Steelers knocking them off, knocking them off here. And another big game, uh, the Chicago Bears take on the Green Bay Packers. And I think this is pretty significant because it kind of uh, starts a new era for both of these teams in some way. Um, this is Jordan Love's first time starting the season for the Packers. They've had Aaron Rodgers for a while and Brett Favre before that. So they don't have a lot of new quarterbacks in Green Bay. And they have one this year. And it's going to be really exciting and intriguing. Um, and for Chicago, they allegedly finally got weapons around Justin Fields. So... A lot of people are thinking that this offense should thrive, that this team could break out. So definitely a lot of hype going into this game. Um, but I think the hype is a little bit too much for the Chicago Bears. I've already said this before, but I think Justin Fields is great at making something out of nothing. And he certainly had nothing the past two years, the first years of his career. Not a lot of weapons, not a great O-line. And he was very explosive, especially running the ball. So obviously... He has a lot of talent and can do great things on the football field. And when he has nothing, no help around him, he can make great plays. However, I think that now that the Bears have gotten receiver talent around him, I don't think he's going to be able to work with that talent as efficiently as people think he can. Um, I don't think he's a very accurate thrower of the football, especially at the NFL level. Um, he has a very low completion percentage lifetime, and I'm just not sure. I know they have DJ Moore now. I know they have... He's a true number one. I know they have Chase Claypool and uh, Darnell Mooney to throw the ball to, but I just don't think Justin Fields in this offense is going to explode like many people think they will. And I think Love might be a little bit better than Fields. Obviously, Love has not had the experience Fields has had in the NFL, but I really liked Love's performance when he came in while Aaron Rodgers got injured against the Eagles last year. Um, Green Bay put up a lot of points in that game. A lot of it was thanks to Love. I think he... He showed a lot. He's been playing pretty well in the preseason. And this is a Packers team that still has a very solid O-line. An O-line that was great for Aaron Rodgers the past couple of years. And still have a plethora of weapons, including Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon in the backfield. Jones more of the pass-catching guy. Dillon more of the uh, more of the threat running the football. Um, and I like the young receivers. I like Christian Watson. He had a lot of touchdowns last year. I expect him to get more this year. And I like Romeo Dobbs. And I just think that this Packers offense is not going to be that bad. Now, I don't think they're going to win the division. I, I think both of these teams are going to finish in the bottom half of the NFC North. But I think the Packers are going to be good. And just a little bit... I think the Packers are going to be better than people think they are. And I think the Packers are going to be better than people think the Bears will be. 
And because of that, I have Green Bay taking this game something like 24 to 21. Um, but I think Justin Fields is definitely going to have some explosive rushing plays. I think he's going to have maybe a 70-yard touchdown run. I also think he's going to have a 50% completion percentage with two turnovers. So I don't know. Obviously, he has a lot of talent, but I'm just not there with the Bears. I, I don't think they're that good. I don't think Justin Fields is that good. Uh, and I don't expect them to have any success throughout this whole season or uh, just during week one either. Moving on to a game that concerns two young quarterbacks taken in the same draft class, Tua Tagovailoa and Justin Herbert. The Dolphins play in Los Angeles against the Chargers week one. Obviously, a big storyline heading into this game is the health of Tua. He obviously had the three concussions last season. There's questions about if he should even be uh, if he should even be playing football. But I think if Tua can stay healthy, the Dolphins have a legit shot in this game. I know they don't have Jalen Ramsey, who was a big addition to their secondary because uh, of his injury. But I think uh, Tua will have a better season than Justin Herbert if Tua is able to stay healthy. I like Tua. I really like Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle on the outside. I even like Gasicki at tight end. So I, I do like the Dolphins' offense this year, and I think their defense last year had some issues, but I expect it to be better this year. Um, I trust in Mike McDaniel calling the plays. So I think the Dolphins are going to be pretty successful this season. I think I do have them making the playoffs as a wild card team. Going to the Chargers side of things, I've never been super big on the Chargers. There was a lot of hype uh, going into last season for the Los Angeles Chargers. Herbert obviously has a lot of hype because of his arm talent, because of his athleticism. But head coach Brandon Staley is certainly suspect. And I think the 27-0 blown lead in the playoffs to Jacksonville shows that. But it also shows that Herbert is a little suspect. He wasn't able to get uh, any more points in the second half of that playoff game. He's definitely not my favorite of the top-tier QBs. I think he can be a little bit overrated at times because of that talent. So I think the Chargers could be good this year, and I could see them making the playoffs, but I'm not as high on them as a lot of other people are. And with this game, one thing I'd look for is their new offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore. He came over from Dallas. I'd look for him to air the ball downfield a little bit more with Herbert, use his arm talent. So Mike Williams and Keenan Allen and and rookie receiver Quentin Johnson can make big plays. Um, so I'd look for him to do that, but I'm just not sure overall that the Chargers are going to be ready for this game and that they're going to be able to defend Tyree Cole and Jalen Waddle on the outside. These, te these two teams played last year. It was more low scoring. I expect it to be a little higher scoring week one in Los Angeles. So I'll take the Dolphins, I think, maybe 30 to 23. Next up in what certainly will be the most watched game of the week, the Cowboys travel to New York to take on their division rival, the Giants, on Sunday Night Football. Um, that's about all you can ask for. Two, uh, two teams in probably the most interesting division in football. Two rivals. It's going to be a great one. But in recent memory, the Cowboys have owned the Giants. I think they swept them last year and possibly the year before. And I'm just not... Uh, I'm not sure that the Giants have the talent to be able to beat this stat Cowboys team. However, there are a couple things that I do like about the Giants. 
Number one, they signed Saquon Barkley. They got that over with. In my opinion, if they weren't able to do that, their season was over. They need Saquon Barkley to play. He is their offense. Their offense revolves around him. I like Daniel Jones at quarterback, but their offense revolves around around Saquon Barkley. And now that they have the ability to use him and he's not holding out, I like their chances a little bit more than I did before. And again, I think Daniel Jones is a pretty good dual threat quarterback. They obviously don't have very many weapons on offense, but they showed you in their playoff game against the Minnesota Vikings last year that they could score points and they could score a lot of them. So again, the Giants are not, they're not, they're not a terrible team by any means. The Giants are a very solid team and they're a 2022 playoff team. However, uh, there are a couple things that concern me overall. Number one being their schedule is absolutely brutal. They have a really brutal stretch in the middle of the season. And more specifically in this game, what concerns me is, is the talent of the Cowboys roster. Dak is back. He's healthy now. C.D. Lamb is going to be great. They added Brandon Cooks at receiver. Michael Gallup's their wide receiver three. He's a very good wide receiver three. Um, they have Tony Pollard now as their bell cow back. I really like that. I think he's much more explosive than Zeke, and he's going to offer a lot more to this Cowboys offense. Um, so I really like Pollard back there. I even think Deuce Vaughn's going to get some good, good touches, even in the opening week. But going back to Dak, I do think he's going to throw an interception. There was obviously a narrative last year that he throws way too many interceptions, and there was a lot of stuff to prove that. He missed five games and still led the league in interceptions, which obviously can't happen, especially when you're one of the highest-paid quarterbacks in the league, as Dak is. However, looking at those interceptions, a lot of them were the fault of the receivers. One important one that comes to mind is the game-losing interception in overtime against the Jaguars where it basically just fell out of Noah Brown's hands into the defensive back. He ran it all the way back. Nothing Dak could do about that there. And that happened with a lot of his picks, but still, um, he's promised to be a little smarter with the ball this year, throw throw less picks, but I'm just not sure that he's going to be able to... uh, That sounds great in theory, but I'm not sure that he's going to be able to do that in the actual games, and I do think he's going to have at least one turnover in this one. The Giants also are at home. They really need this win because their schedule is so tough. As crazy as it sounds, this is, this is not one of their hardest games because they are at home. This is one that they need to be able to win. But that being said, I can't pick them here. I'm going to have to pick Dallas. Dallas is better than the Giants roster-wise. Um, they're much more talented, especially on the outside, at the skill positions. So again... I wish the Giants could win. I, I like their team, and it's tough that they have such a such a difficult schedule. It sucks, but it is what it is. I do think the Cowboys are going to be able to take this one with that great defense combined with all the reasons I listed before. Um, so I think the Cowboys win this one 27-21. And finally, that brings me to the final game that I'm going to discuss, possibly the most important one. Monday Night Football, Bills at Jets, Josh Allen at Aaron Rodgers. Uh, That's going to be a really great one. Right now, the Bills are two and a half point favorites. I think that that number should be a little bit higher, uh, and here's why. Again, I'm not a big Aaron Rodgers fan. I've said that before. 
I think he was very overrated in Green Bay. I think for a while he had the best receiver in football, a top three offensive line in football, and a top three running back duo in football. So of course he performed well, but once that receiver left, you could see last year that he was a shell of himself. So again, I think he's one of the best quarterbacks of all time, uh, but I don't think right now he is capable of elevating this Jets team the way that people think he can. I heard something on a show I was watching other, the other day. Analyst Nick Wright was talking about the Jets. He had them finishing fourth in the division, and he called them the most overrated seven-win team he's ever seen. And he had a couple points. Number one, Aaron Rodgers is 40 years old. So it's tough for a 40-year quarterback to be the savior of a franchise, especially if they're not Tom Brady. Number two, they have the 12th, 13th best receiver in football in Garrett Wilson, and people are now acting like he's Randy Moss or Jerry Rice or something like that, that he's going to be unbelievably helpful for Aaron Rodgers and, and carry this team to a great record and a potent offense. Um, and third of all, a lot of the narrative is Aaron Rodgers is bonding well with his teammates. He's being nice to his teammates. Well, shouldn't that be the bare minimum? Shouldn't being a leader be the bare minimum? I know Joe Burrow does it. I know Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts do it. Aaron Rodgers historically has not been a good leader. But just because he hasn't been as cranky as he can be does not mean that we should be uh, super excited about this Jets team. A, a Jets team, which, by the way, does not have a good offensive line. Their coach, Robert Sala, made sure to let us know of that on Hard Knocks. A Jets team that won seven games last year, and I get they were with Zach Wilson, and I get that the Jets have a great defense, but at the same time, Aaron Rodgers and Garrett Wilson are, are getting incredibly overrated for no reason. So I, I'm not buying onto the Jets hype at all. They're one of the most talked about teams on sports shows right now. Like, like the, they're like the Cowboys right now. And that does not work out well for the Cowboys, all that hype. So, again, not sold on the Jets at all. And going to the Bills side of things, I'm not a huge Bills guy this year. Um, I know Josh Allen is, is great. I know that his relationship with Stefan Diggs has deteriorated a little bit over the offseason. But, again, I think they're going to be special again this year. Just I have concerns about the O-line. I have concerns about the defensive in big moments, and the Bills have just not been able to perform uh, as well as they've needed to the past couple of years, especially come playoff time. However, in the regular season, they've been very good, and I expect them to be good again this regular season. Despite Josh Allen's turnovers, despite the reasons I've listed before, uh, I am pretty high on the Bills going into this game, and for that reason, I, I'm I will definitely be taking them over the Jets here. The Jets are extremely overrated, and I think it's going to be a hard fall for Aaron Rodgers and his team. Give me the Bills here. I know the Jets have a good defense, but but give me the Bills here. I think they'll put up 30. Give me the Bills 30-17 to 17 against the Jets. Now, obviously, I've been doing a lot of predicting um, NFL stuff over the past couple weeks, but the good news is this week is finally the time that all this stuff is going to come to fruition. Um, I'm going to be proven right a lot. I'm sure of it. And just make sure to pay attention to these games. And I think a lot of the outcomes are going to reflect 
what I've said here today. I'm super excited for Thursday. It's coming up really fast, and I just can't wait for week one of the NFL season. It's going to be a really fun one, and I think it may be one of the most entertaining seasons ever. As for this episode, that's all I have for today. Remember to go follow the podcast on the Apple Podcasts app and go follow me on Instagram at title.town.podcast. I will be back soon, and thanks for listening.